Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Glad to be back with y'all on a Wednesday evening. This is Brian Haydad. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Rhino is down there in Studio X. Rhino, did you miss me last week? Yes or no? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you like to be missed. You know, I'm, I, I'll kind of say, I'm, I'm a big sucker for affection. What can I say? So glad to be back with you. Uh, been, a, been a great week here on Sports Talk Mississippi on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Now we'll take it here on Thunder and Lightning Live. And we got a lot to talk about. Not a great day athletically. Uh, for Mississippi State yesterday, so let's sort of break that down into some pieces. But State uh, bouncing back today as we are uh, here on the air. Mississippi State leading uh, Louisiana Monroe 14-3, one down in the top of the ninth. So the dog's two outs away from getting their third win of the year, an offensive explosion. And if you have not yet looked at Twitter, my account tweeted it, as did uh, as did the Sports Talk Mississippi account, the home run by Dakota Jordan in the, uh, the bottom of the seventh inning is worth a look. 474 feet worth of looking at that 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 thing. So I'm looking forward to getting into Duty Noble. I haven't been yet. You know, I was, I was sick last week and didn't want to, you know, take any risks with that. Uh, and then, you know, we're on the air uh, yesterday, today, and then on Friday we'll be on the air when the first kid pitched this thrown. So Saturday will be my Duty Noble debut to watch a team that, quite frankly, I have a lot of questions about, you know, at, the, at this time. Uh, very inconsistent play through these first five games. And, you know, more questions than answered as we sit here. You know, it's only this is the, the tough part about baseball, right? Five games into a football season, you know everything you need to know probably about a team. You you can tell you whatever you want to know. Five games into basketball season, eh, you have an idea. You know, I could have told you five games in that State was going to struggle to score all season long. I knew that. I knew they were going to be good defensively and struggle to score. That's held up. Baseball is so different, you know, because the game changes when the weather changes and the batters start getting better. But State's bats have been pretty good for the most part in these first five games. The pitching and the defense have been the issues, and that's that's something that's that's more difficult pill to swallow when you when you think about, especially with defense and, and, and it, the way State has has sort of given away runs early in the season, playing quite frankly bad teams. VMI is a team that's going to be a uh, sub two fifty. Sub 200 at very best RPI team this year. ULM will probably be between 150 and 200 somewhere, and you, you just give away runs to them. You know, you walk guys in, and, and you're and you're giving away runs and on defense, and you've got players that you know are just making silly mistakes out there. That that's something that it's good that it's correctable mistakes. But at the same time, why are these guys making these mistakes, especially this early in the season? You know, when you get to, like, April and May and June and the, and the grind of the season is caught up with you and there's some fatigue, I get it. But, you know, this is the first week of the season and you're out here making these kind of mistakes. That does not bode well 
for Mississippi State. I said it on the podcast, and I'll say it again here. You know, we play the thing with baseball where it's uh, it's so early, it's so early. And, and you're right, it is early. And everything can turn around. Let's not forget in 2018, Mississippi State started the season off. They went down to USM. They got swept by the Golden Eagles down there in Hattiesburg. They fired Candace Arrow on Monday. But in June, they were in Omaha. You could turn things around. The first week of the season is not a great indicator sometimes of how things are going to go. But the games matter on wins and losses in terms of your resume. And right now, State's got two bad losses. Those losses will remain bad for the entire season. So when you get to tournament time, if State hasn't taken care of enough business, it's going to be the difference between in and out. I don't think hosting is a, is a, is a realistic goal for Mississippi State as we sit here this week. You know, could they f- figure it out and, and turn it around and, and and everything else? You know, yeah, they could. Sure, absolutely, they could go on a run and. and Go from there. But right now, I think the goal is making the NCAA tournament. And right now, I mean, those two losses could be the difference between being a two seed in the number 10 seeds regional and being a two seed in the number two seeds regional. These games matter. And State's given away two early in the season to bad teams. The the one from from, from Saturday for against PMI is particularly disheartening. To be leading 10-1 to 1 and just give away a lead like that against a team that is probably not going to win another 15 games this year, that just shouldn't happen. It, it can't happen again. And now, coming up Saturday, or coming up this weekend, I should say, this big series with Arizona State, you know, I, what, it's funny with Arizona State, I, I think about them and I still think you know, that's when Barry Bonds played and... Uh, Oh, they had another guy, another great power hitter back in the day who played there, and I cannot remember his name. That's going to bother me. But regardless, Arizona State used to be a big-time power in college baseball. Now in that state, Arizona has kind of taken that that mantle from them. But they're still a name program, still a good program, and they're going to come to Starkville, and that's going to be a uh, a big series. I mean, that's a that's a fun non-conference series, you know. So hopefully State can figure some things out. But my goodness, the questions that are... And the biggest thing is, and and Kendall Rogers talked about this earlier when we had him on Sports Talk Mississippi and we brought it up. You you lose non-conference games. It happens. You lose midweek games. It happens, you know. Arkansas had to go to the ninth inning to beat Grambling last night. Vanderbilt lost to Central Arkansas. Lamar beat Texas A&M. It happens. The difference is State coming off of last season needs to build up some positive momentum early on to get everybody's mind in the right place. You know, it's sort of like what we talked about with football, that after the way the season finished last year, State needed to start early and, and, and be good early to get everybody in the right right mindset. Same thing here. You know, you really wanted to start out, you wanted to be undefeated, really, playing Arizona State and have everybody, okay, you know, they're, they're doing all right, they're fine. And instead, you're kind of in the same spot you were a year ago, where you're just like, "Is something wrong? Is you know, do we need to hit the reset button already?" So I don't know. I thought the I thought it was an interesting comment, and I would go back if I were you, check out the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, or I'm sure my friend Michael Borky will clip that interview out and have it on our YouTube channel. But he made the comment. He said, "You know, if State can't turn it around, we're going to find out how much uh, rope a national championship gives a coach." Way too early to have that discussion, to even really be entertaining that discussion, but he's right. He is correct. 
You know, Mississippi State baseball is not a program that's going to stay down for long. They won't tolerate that. So needs to get turned around quickly. Today's a good start, though. Is they gone final yet? I haven't. Let me. I haven't checked. Yeah, final score now. Finally from a. Uh, Dean Noble, 14-3. For the win, Gerangelo Sanjay, who had an incredible day. Four innings pitch. He struck out seven, only gave up one hit, one walk. Uh, faced 15 batters, only threw 75 pitches. He will be after this week, because I don't know how much he can come back and do after throwing 75 pitches today, and he did throw from both sides. I don't know how much he can give you this weekend, but I would be willing to bet that going ahead next weekend, he will be a, a factor in that rotation. Casey Hunt pitched today in relief. Only one inning, but feels like that was that's the kind of move that you wouldn't make if you were planning on him to start Sunday. Wouldn't be totally surprised to see Gartman moved up to that Sunday or that Saturday spot. Or maybe KC Smith moved down to Sat or KC Smith, I'm sorry, Kate Kate Smith moved down to Saturday and they just try to figure something out for Friday. But I think Sinjay and I think Bradley Lofton as well, the two f- true freshmen, they're gonna have a big role to play from the pitching staff. As this team goes forward, because they're, they're the most talented guys. They're the guys who can throw mid nineties. You know, Sanjay today got up to 96, 97, I think. Uh, Lofton yesterday was around 94, 95 early in the game before he got, you know, got into the fourth. I mean, he threw about 80 pitches yesterday. So those two young guys are going to have to get the job done for Mississippi State because they're just, they just need guys pitching, pitching and defense. That's going to be the issues for these two. Reggie Jackson. That's who it was. How do I not think of Reggie Jackson? Thanks from whoever that was in the uh, the six oh one. Yeah, so that, that's going to be the story of this of this season for Mississippi State. Can the young arms and some of the young talent too, Dakota Jordan, uh, Bryce Chance, Ross Highfield had a really nice day today. Three hits and looks he's just more confident behind the plate I think than Luke Hancock is. State's got a lot of, of things to figure out in their lineup because they've got. Too many guys they want to play. They want to play High Phil. They want to play Hancock. They want to play Hunter Hines. They want to play Bryce Chance, but you only have so many spots in the order there. And they got to figure out shortstop as well. Lane Forsyth, he had a couple of hits today, and that's great, but that's a guy that when people talk about Forsyth, they always say the same thing. Oh, he's in the, the, the lineup for his defense. Well, he has three errors through five games. Got to get that figured out. Got to get that figured out. It'll be interesting to see if, if Davis Mershon, when he gets healthy, uh, gets a look there at shortstop because if you're going to have a guy in there who's can't help you defensively, he needs to hit better than you know 150. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not telling you anything when I say that. That's just common sense. So we'll switch to hoops when we come back. Mississippi State took a, a tough loss last night, but all is not lost for the Bulldogs. Still a ton to play for for the Bulldogs in their NCAA tournament hopes. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning live on Super Talk Mississippi. Talent coming out of Arizona State in terms of uh, baseball. 
Somebody brought it up on the text line, Reggie Jackson. Uh, and somebody texted me, Oda B. McDowell played at Arizona State. Rhino remembered that Bob Horner uh, played at Arizona State. Uh, and looking here online, I mean, just a ton of guys. I didn't realize Ian Kinsler went, went there. Uh, Gabe Molina went there. And, of course, Spencer Torkelson was there just a couple years ago. He's the number one overall pick in the draft. So Sun Devils, man, they got, they got, they always have talent. This Thunder and Lightning live here on uh, Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me. Great text here from our friend Tim and McGee. Even though I'm a Rebel fan, your show is great, Haydad. Thanks, man. Dang, man, you know more stuff about State than State knows. Keep it up, because if the Rebs lose, I'm a State man. Just, just come on board all the way, Tim. Leave them behind. Join us. We love you up here in, uh, in Starkville. Anytime. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. Uh, Mississippi State men's basketball. Had a great opportunity last night in Columbia, Missouri, and fought to the absolute last second of the game, uh, and just came up just a bit short, uh, and dropping a 66-64 uh, decision to the Tigers up there in Columbia. Our friend Richard Cross, of course, on the call last night. Uh, we talked about that game in pretty in depth on Sports Talk Mississippi. The most important thing to remember about that game is that it's a tough loss. It would have been a great Great win for Mississippi State. Would have, I don't know if I would say it would have sealed their bid to the NCAA tournament because obviously they could, they could falter here at the very end of the season, but it would have put them in without a lot of concern at that point. You would have felt they were in. As it is, uh, they, they, they need, they need more wins. State, uh, 43rd in the net. So no drop there. Still looking for some more quad one and quad two wins. And now, they have a quad three loss. Georgia has finally dropped to the point where that is a quad three loss for them. The Georgia game, as I mentioned, they're down to 138. You have to be uh, 76 to 135, I believe, is the quad one area. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, not great for your resume. The Georgia game more than any other game is what's hurting Mississippi State right now. If they had won that game, they would be sitting at 19 and nine. They'd be seven and eight in the conference, and you would you wouldn't have to beat Texas A and M to finish five hundred in the conference. In fact, beating them would make you ten and eight, and now you're talking about you're probably like a six seed. That's their worst loss. It's really their only bad loss of the season. Now the rest of the, look at the rest of their losses. They got two to Alabama, number two team in the country, number one team in the country, depending on where you look. Tennessee is a top twenty team. Uh, Florida, not a great loss, but Florida's a team that's been in the top 50 of net for most of the year. Drake is a team that they lost to in their only non-conference loss. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament. They currently, I think they're, uh, obviously their net's not very good because they play in a one-bid league, but they're 71 in the net. They're 22-6 and six overall. They're probably going to win the Missouri Valley Conference and, and go to the NCAA tournament. And then you have the Georgia game. And that's the one that, that stands out, that if you had just found a way to win it, your season could be totally different. Um, but it isn't. And so now you play Texas A&M on Saturday, and it's sort of the same situation, but now it's, it's ramped up a little bit because now you need that one. You didn't, you didn't, you want it, Missouri. You didn't need it. Now you're in need mode. State, we said a few weeks ago, they needed to win one of these three games, Kentucky, Missouri, uh, Texas A&M. They're 0 for 2 so far. They got to get this one on Saturday. If they get that, if they beat South Carolina, and they beat Vanderbilt, they're going to the NCAA tournament. 
If they win Saturday, they beat South Carolina, and they lose to Vanderbilt, I still think they're going to the NCAA tournament at that point. If they lose to Texas A&M, beat South Carolina, and beat Vanderbilt, then they got to probably do some work when they get to the SEC tournament in Nashville. They probably need to get to Saturday. Maybe maybe Friday just depends on, on how it works out and who they play. They could find a, a quad one. I mean, you got to think about neutral site game, one through, 70, one through 50. So they could play Florida, um, play Arkansas again, something like that, and, and get a quad one opportunity there. It's amazing at this point, by the way, that we might end up being disappointed that State doesn't make the NCAA tournament, considering that back in November I would have told you that just getting into the NIT by the skin of their teeth would have been a tremendous year one for Chris Jans. Instead, he's got his team squarely on the bubble, and in, and, and they control their own destiny. They just got to win. Texas a is a good team. I'll have uh, Travis Brown from the B- Bryan College Station Eagle covers the Aggies. He'll join me on Friday's Thunder and Lightning podcast. If you want to check out that interview, we'll get a good preview of the Aggies. I don't think people realize with Texas A&M, by the way, and, and Richard talked about this earlier in the day, that they're only a game behind Alabama for the conference championship. They had some awful, awful non-conference losses uh, early in the uh, in the in the season, and that's the only thing keeping them from being. They, they they're twenty-one and seven. They have they're six and four, uh, quad one. That should be the resume of a team that's that's fighting for like a, a, a three seed. Instead, they're probably going to be like a seven or an eight seed because they have two quad four losses. Just not good. Like I, I remember, I remember very vividly uh, talking about Texas A and M when State was you know top ten, top fifteen in net when they were undefeated, and looking ahead like, okay, if they can beat you know because at the time Georgia was not very good, if they can beat Ole Miss, you know Ole Miss not very good. And I remember, I remember saying Texas A&M because their net was in like the one fifties, because they had these two terrible losses. So give Buzz Williams and his staff and those players a lot of credit; they've turned that around. And now they're just a game behind Alabama for the conference championship, who they play the last week of the season. So Texas A&M has a lot to play for. They come to Starkville; they're not locked into anything. They they will also be playing hard and looking to win. So this should be a fantastic basketball game. On Saturday, and if State gets the win, then the path is very clear. Just finish out strong, two and zero. You're in, regardless of what happens in Nashville. You are in if you are three and zero to finish this season. If you finish twenty and well, they're eighteen and ten. If you finish twenty one and ten, nine and nine, you are going to the NCAA tournament in year one under Chris Chance. And it is it is that is just as written in stone as I can make it. You know, I don't want to hear any, well, what if? It doesn't matter. 21 and 10, 9 and 9, your net's probably like 34, 35, you're in. And then what happens? You know, Chris Jans last year took a New Mexico State team you know, into the second round. And uh, why not? An unbelievable success story in year one for Mississippi State. And the women as well. Women play Arkansas uh, tomorrow night. If they win that game, they're probably in. And they, they need to play that game well, win that game, and then they have, they finish out the season with LSU. Obviously, that's going to be very tough down there in Baton Rouge. LSU's been a good team this year. But if State gets that win, they're probably in. Getting that win over Alabama, a really easy, convincing win for Sam Purcell's squad uh, last Sunday, was huge for them. 
and now they're probably in. And so State has a great, great opportunity here in the last few weeks of basketball season to uh, to put both of its teams into NCAA tournament play. And that's a huge thing for the university. A lot of, you know, obviously there's money, and there's a lot of publicity, and especially if you can make a run somehow, you're in really good shape. So the men are, the men are interesting to me because I will say this. I wouldn't expect State to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament by any stretch of the imagination. But you know that if you're a coach, when you look at the draw, when you look at the brackets, you don't want to play Mississippi State. You don't want to have to go in there, oh my gosh, it's going to be a rock fight, or we're going to have to scrap for every point we get. I mean, Mississippi State is not a good matchup for a lot of teams because of the way they play defense. Their defense has held up the whole season long. They, you, know, you look at yesterday's game with Missouri. Missouri averages 80-some-odd points a game. And in an overtime game, they only got 66. I would tell you that if you told me before the game they were State was only going to give up 66 points in an overtime game, they probably I would have said they won the game. Just just the way the ball bounced and, and the, the shots fell for Mississippi State. Or in Mississippi State's case, really, it's the shots that didn't fall that were the difference between winning and losing. But State is a nasty matchup for a lot of teams because they play defense and they, they play it every game. And the and Tolu Smith is a guy that teams are gonna you know some teams are gonna struggle to match up with. So, I see. Like I said, I don't don't take me as saying oh state he's saying state's gonna make a run to the Sweet Sixteen or anything like I, I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I'm interested to see who they get in the first round if they get in, because it could be a situation where that team is is not a good matchup, or I should say Mississippi State is not a good matchup for that team. Because of the way they play defense and the way Chris Jans and his 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 squad have worked out this year, so we shall see. So, what does that all mean? It means that this Saturday is one of the biggest spring Saturdays we've had in quite some time. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about: Are you coming to Starkville this Saturday for uh, basketball and baseball on the MSU campus? We'll do that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Have you ever missed the show? Well, you don't have to miss the show. You can just go to the Thunder and Lightning live podcast feed, available wherever you get podcasts from. You can also hear the Thunder and Lightning podcast there five times a week when I'm not sick. That's a big disclaimer there. Uh, but that's five times a week, plus any other content I put out there. And, of course, where you get podcasts is where you can get the uh, Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, the Rebel Report, if you're an Ole Miss fan listening, if you're a USM fan listening. First off, hey. Love you guys. Secondly, you can listen to the Eagle Hour every uh, every time that it airs. So all this great content available wherever you get podcasts, also available at supertalk.fm. And, oh, by the way, it comes to you at the uh, the grand total of free. 
Super Talk Mississippi continues to provide you with more news, more sports, more of everything that you want. And we don't charge you for it. For the best part about this country. You're welcome. So this Saturday in Starkville is one of the biggest spring Saturdays I can honestly remember. You know, you think about spring, you think about Super Bulldog weekend, obviously, and that's going to be a big one in April, state playing Ole Miss in baseball, spring football game. We'll talk a little bit more about the spring game, actually. Spring practice is starting up uh, in just a couple weeks. But this Saturday, you have an absolutely massive basketball game that will more or less decide the fate of this team going to the NCAA tournament. And then you have a baseball game against one of the top programs year in, year out in this country on campus at the same time. So I'm expecting a lot of folks. And, you know, if if you're coming, great. If you're not... You should consider it. And I, I let's be clear what I'm doing here. I'm not preaching to you. you know, I'm not going to be one of those we need you here kind of guys. Don't want to do that. Just saying, this is an opportunity for you to watch some really good college athletics. MSU has done a good job of putting out, they have some sort of, uh, let's see if I can find it. They had some sort of uh, ticket package that they put together where you can get a seat for both games, general admission seat for both games, um, which is great, which is something they needed to do. And, it, it, you know, you think about what, what we enjoy about, about college athletics, I mean, this is, this is kind of it right here, right? This is what you want to see. This is the, the games that, that matter. You're going to get to see them uh, this weekend. At Diddy Noble Field and at the Humphrey Coliseum. So, big games. Big big atmosphere. I mean, I think with the hump, and they haven't announced yet if it's, uh, if it's what, what's the word I'm looking for, if it's sold out yet or not. I imagine it's probably pretty close, and then they will, uh, they'll let us know for sure. I'm trying to find this, this thing that they offered with the, uh, the package here. Um, they, that should be a close to sellout crowd. You know, I've mentioned it before with the way they 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 shifted the media around from taking this off the floor up into the concourse, up into the uh, the upper level. Not possible to have a record crowd anymore. So whatever the capacity is, that's really what it should be. And I'll be honest, you know, and that's not me shaming anybody. The crowds have been great this year for men's basketball. I've thought, you know, even early in the season, I think there was some buy-in with Jans. I think there were, at least there was some excitement. And then they started winning, and people started wanting to come to the games because they were winning. And even when they went through that tough lull, I thought the fan support was still good. You know, the Tennessee game, which was right in the middle of that, was a big crowd. And then the uh, the TCU game, which is the game that they won that sort of snapped that losing streak and got them going in the right direction, the great crowd for that as well. You know, didn't have a great crowd for the LSU game, but that was a game that was played, I remember it, there was severe weather in the state that night, so I mean, I understand. I get it. Had a good crowd for Kentucky as well. I think it's going to be a big crowd this weekend. I think you know you, you should see nine, ten thousand, or however many they can fit in there now at the hump, and then that crowd should just matriculate on over to Duty Noble Field, and you should have ten thousand plus for a, a five o'clock first pitch on a Saturday after Saturday evening uh, is really something. I am looking forward to uh, to that. Should be really great weather this weekend. It's supposed to be sunny all day on Saturday. I think the low or is in the, the high fifties, low sixties. So yeah, you, you break out that pullover. I won't give my sponsor. The sponsors don't. My sponsors don't pay to 
to advertise here. But if you want to, give me a call. We'll make that happen. But you know where to go get those pullovers, and you know what logos to get on those pullovers, just if you're a loyal listener to the podcast. So put on your, you know, put on your, your fleece, put on your quarter zip, come to Duty Noble Field, and it should be outstanding. Outstanding. This should be a fun day, you know? We don't get a lot of those anymore. I feel like everybody's so serious, everybody's so, you know, and I get it, life is not great right now for a lot of people. So cast your troubles aside for a day and come to, to Starkville for, uh, for a big weekend of, of college athletics. Of course, you know, games Friday and, uh, and Sunday too for baseball. So a lot of good stuff going on. It's enjoyable. This is the time of year I enjoy, you know, where ba- basketball is still going on. You've got baseball, softball's going on. Softball's an interesting team thus far. They've played a really tough schedule and they've gotten a couple of big wins. They put themselves in a position where if they can win some SEC games, they got a chance to host a regional. You know, they hosted the super regional last year, but that was because, uh, they were matched up with a team that also ups- had an upset in their regional. So they got to host. I, I've, this year they might actually have a chance to host their own regional if they can get some wins. So, so good stuff. It's fun. It's exciting. At least I am. So, are you coming to Starkville? Tell me on the text line, 601-879-4395. Mike and Oxford not welcome in Starkville anymore. You see, you know, he just can't, just can't help himself, so we move around. Yeah, there it is. It's the package. Tickets for general admission tickets. Baseball, you get two tickets for 15 bucks. I mean, that is... That is something. I mean, that's that's a great deal, great deal there. So, um, I mentioned the spring game. Spring spring practice starts March seventh. So I mean, we're we're not you know we are two weeks away from the start of the uh, the first spring of the Zach Arnett era. I haven't gotten any word about what the media uh, openness policies will be for that one. Hopefully, we can get out there and watch some practice at least, and hopefully watch some scrimmages as well. That was one of the uh, things I did like that Mike Leach did is he made his scrimmages open to the media. We go out there and at least get an idea and get a gander of what's going to look like, especially now because it's going to look different. You know, if Mike Leach were still here, spring practice would be kind of boring. I mean, like, well, I know what I know everything I need to know. Now we got a whole lot of changes. You know, not not you know, obviously, unfortunately, but there's changes nonetheless. So I'm interested to see what those look like. And uh, one thing Zach Arnett did talk about uh, in a recent interview with my friend Paul Jones from 24-7 Sports, definitely should go check that out, uh, that the spring game this year will actually be a spring game. You remember, last, well, last year the spring game got canceled, as we as recall. It was uh, because of weather. But even then, like under Mike Leach, it's always been more of like a, it was always more like a controlled scrimmage and, you know, they're going to run some packages here. We're going to do some special. This is actually, from what I can tell, going to be an actual game. So that's good. It's just from a fan perspective. You know, talking about the fans, you guys don't want to come out and watch a practice where they do, you know, 20 minutes of kickoff and 20 minutes of punt. And then, all right, first team versus third team. Nobody wants to see that. If you want to see a game, you want to see the two teams split up. I get it. So we're going to get that. So that'll be fun. Super Bowl all weekend this year. Obviously, a lot of it depends on Mississippi State baseball. They got to be good, but that you know, there's there's a lot of excitement for football because I think just because it's something, uh, it's different. No, Mike, I will not save you anything. You you get nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have security escort you out. I'm gonna tell them you were saying horrible things about people. Uh, Mike in Oxford. He just he just he just mean to us. Nice guy though. Uh. Melissa from Starville, we are there. Got our tickets for both on Saturday. Great. See you there. Uh, 
but with the spring football game, I think there's I think there's some excitement for football that I'm just gonna be honest here for a second. It's, it's kind of morbid to talk about because the excitement is that things are going to be different. But why are things different? You know, the, it always comes back to that. I, I wonder how long I'm going to feel that way. To be honest with you, how long will I be? Sort of beholden to, to the memory of Mike Leach on those things. Maybe a year. Maybe next year it'll, it'll be different. I don't know. Still, still, it's still, uh, it's still on my mind though. But, you know, you know you're going to see a new look offense. You know that defensively you're bringing back a lot of, of production and talent and you're excited about that. The schedule for next season is outstanding at home. You got eight home games, including, you know, the, the big three home games. You know the way state schedule is is set up. Every other year, the three home games that matter are Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss. Those are all at home. Arizona comes to Starkville. That's an outstanding home home game. And USM coming to Starkville brings will bring some fans. And I mean, I love the timing of that game, playing it before the Egg Bowl. State playing both of its in-state rivals back to back weeks. That's fun to me. I like that. So that's just me. All right. We'll wrap things up when we uh, when we come back, and we'll uh, yeah we'll talk a little bit more football actually because I got a couple more more points I want to make on that so we'll stay with football even though it is February the twenty second. You know me, I love the college football. I can't do it anyway. Maybe Jordan will hit one five hundred feet for Super Bowl all weekend. Maybe see what the wind's like. All right, guys, back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Let's go around here with you on uh, Wednesday evening. Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Always appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino's the one down there making sure all the uh, the cool tunes play and that basically that we stay on the air at all times. Without him, we would not be here. So always appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, listening in, and uh, where, wherever you're listening in from. Uh, as you as you know, we uh, we very very much appreciate it. So. I always have college football in the brain. That's just, it's just how, I, how I sort of am. And for some reason today, I started thinking about SEC Media Days, which I don't know if, if I assume the guys talked about it last week while I was out, but that has been set for Nashville. Uh, Mississippi State will go on uh, Tuesday. And Sports Talk Mississippi, we will be there for all, all the days of, of, sport, of, the, of the event because Ole Miss is going last. Not, I'm not making a joke there. They, they, they are. They're going on the last day. And it got me thinking. I don't. I don't know why it popped into my head, but I thought I started thinking about who who's on my ballot. Who's my All SEC quarterback going to be this year? You know, last year was really easy. Just put Bryce Young. 
Um, and most years past, Alabama quarterback is kind of a guy you can fill in there with two uh, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts going going back. I didn't have Burrow preseason, as people who listen to this show would know. Um, but I got thinking about it, and I was like, I, I guess you know, Jaden Daniels at LSU, and 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 then second team, do I want KJ, Will, Dart? And then I got the thing. I was like, that's really all there are, right? You got Rattler over at South Carolina, but he was very inconsistent last year. He finished the season really strong, obviously, in those games against uh, South Carolina. Or, I'm sorry, against Tennessee and uh, and Clemson. But the rest of the season, he wasn't great. And then you got Brady Cook at Missouri. But what are we talking about here? There's four guys. There are four proven quarterbacks. A and M, no. You know, uh, Florida, no. Kentucky, no. Tennessee, Joe Milton, eh, not really. Um, Auburn, obviously, no. And then Alabama, we all think it's going to be Ty Simpson, but we don't know that for sure. There's four proven, trusted guys. Guys, I feel like if you can put them on whatever team you want to put them on, and that they're good. They'll be all right. And that's Jaden Daniels at LSU, K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas, Will Rogers at Mississippi State, and Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. I'm making an assumption that Dart's going to start. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know that I believe that. But we'll make that assumption. And quite honestly, Kiffin's system, if Sanders gets the job there, he'll, he'll put up numbers too. But Dart is at least proven, right? At least I know what I have with Dart. So where do I rank Rodgers in there? If, if Again, I, I keep going back to it, but if it was still the air raid, Rodgers would probably be my second-team guy behind Daniels. In the transition to, to this offense that Kevin Barbe is going to run, I just know that statistically he's going to drop. He's going to throw a lot less, so he's going to throw for a lot less. I think he threw for 3,700 yards last year, something like that. Probably more like 31 this year would be a, a really good number for him. I think he threw for 36 touchdowns last year. 26 would probably be a really good number this year. Keep the interceptions kind of where they were. Five last year. be fantastic. That would be a great year for him. Where would that put him, though, statistically? I mean, he's not going to have the rushing yards that Daniels and Jefferson will, or that Dart will, to be honest with you. They're going to have three, four, five, six, seven hundred yards worth of rushing that Rodgers just isn't going to have. So, I think I'm, I won't have him on my ballot to start the season, Rodgers. Doesn't mean he won't have a great year. Doesn't mean that Mississippi State won't win a bunch of football games. I think they will. Just statistically, I think he's going to, you know, he's not going to be all SEC. State will have plenty of all SEC guys, though. Just right off the top of my head, Tulu Griffin will be first team all purpose player on everybody's ballot, I would imagine. Buki Watson and Jet Johnson will both be on a lot of ballots. Jaden Crumity will be on a lot of ballots. Uh, on the offensive line, I bet, I would be willing to bet that Cam Jones is on some ballots. And then at the receiver position, I mean, other than Tulu, you know, obviously, if Ra Ra were back, but he's not, and he's, I don't know that he's going to play this year anywhere. I don't think, I don't think, you know, you haven't seen enough of Justin Robinson yet to justify that, especially since you can't say they're going to be in the air raid and somebody's got to catch 50, 60 passes. So, five or six guys, though, to, to, to merit potential first, second team all SEC immediate days. I'm already chomping at the bit for college football, by the way, in case you can tell. Richard, Richard teased us. In the last segment of Sports Talk Mississippi, with the opening, some some early lines. What would the early line on the Egg Bowl be? You think in Starkville? 
probably state minus three as we sit here right this second. Right, just, just you know, because you don't know enough about both teams. You just don't really. I really don't know. Minus three. We'll set the early line there. State minus three. We'll see. All right, guys. Tomorrow, Thunder and Lightning podcast, Sports Talk Mississippi, and, of course, next Wednesday, right back here for another edition of Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. Thanks, Rhino, down there in Studio X for making it work. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. I always appreciate it. It's been Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.